Oh, Canada. What happened? Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later on in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. It is Monday, July 11, 2022. And thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Teddy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnick. He's right over there, right next to my face. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's cpat one one. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week, including today. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. So uh, Colby, I don't really have any ideas for topics today. Can't really think of anything to talk about you. Um, whoosh, uh, da, 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 da. I heard something about the Mariners being on like an eight game winning streak and currently holding sole possession of a uh, wild card uh, spot about 20 days after they were 10 games under 500. I, I guess we could probably talk about that. Um, that seems also, fake. I thought it was time to fire Jerry DePoto and Scott service. <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, all those people were joking, Ty, is, is what it oh, really was. okay. Yes. Uh, it was the just a prank. Also, yeah, just yeah, a social yeah. experiment. Yeah. Sure. The draft's mm-hmm. also about a week away, so I guess maybe that could be interesting. And then the whole trade deadline thing. Um, mm. All-star game, some snubs, some selections. Mm-hmm. I think we can find 30 minutes. Yeah, I think we uh, I think we got stuff to talk about now that you've uh, you've kind of refreshed my uh, my mind here. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be talking about this series this past weekend. Mariners, of course, going six and zero along a very critical stretch in their season. It, this is the best possible outcome. This is the best timeline, if you will. Uh, we're also going to be talking about how this changes things for the Mariners uh, moving forward, especially in terms of their aggressiveness on the trade market. And uh, we're also going to be talking about the All-Star game, of course. Julio Rodriguez gets selected to the AL All-Star team, but Ty France gets snubbed. We're going to be talking about that later on. But uh, let's get into this series that was, I mean, it was perfect for the Mariners. Uh, There's no other way uh, to really describe it other than that. This was absolutely everything the Mariners could have possibly hoped for, and then some. A lot of heroes that we could be talking about, Eugenio Suarez, Ryan Barucki. Uh, but I think the guy that we really need to talk about here is Carlos Santana. And all I think we can say about this is chills. DePoto did it again. He is a smooth little trade there by uh, by Jerry mm. to go get a guy that, uh, you know, has some uh, some magic in the bat. And, mm. uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. It really was uh, because, you know, Santana, we, we had talked about when he came over, you know, initially not wild about the trade. Then you kind of talk through it and you're like, well, He'll help. I, I don't think he's going to provide much power. 
Uh, he had mm-hmm. started to a little bit in June, but we were like, eh, we'll see. And then, of course, over the weekend, he hits three home runs and five at-bats, uh, two of them being game winners. Uh, <laughs> so it uh, it's funny how that works out. And, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't – maybe Jerry is good at his job. I don't, I don't know why – People stop, you know, like to pretend that he's not. Like, oh, we don't know if he's good at it. Yes, we do. And I know you're one of those people, Ty. We know. We know that Jerry's good at his job. It's time to accept it. Move on. The Mariners have a good general manager, not a perfect one. That guy doesn't exist. Not maybe not a great one. I don't know. That to me is yet to be determined. But is Jerry Depoto good at his job? Yes. Yes, he is. So, uh, and you know who's also good at his job? Carlos Santana. <laughs> yeah. So there you yeah. Go. Yes. Carlos yeah. Santana is very good at his job. At least this weekend he was. Yeah, so I, I think you could see this coming because in San Diego he was just hitting the absolute hell out of the ball, mm-hmm. uh, and and now he he elevated it in this Toronto series, and then you know hadn't had his first Mariners home run leading into uh, Saturday night, and then uh, you know the Mariners getting shut down by Alec Manoa, the only good pitcher you know starting pitcher at least that they faced in this uh, this whole series. You know they had two bullpen days. They got very fortunate with the pitching matchups in this one, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the uh, you know th- they were down one nothing there and, and just seemed like this was going to be one of those kind of deflating uh, offensive duds uh, from the Mariners that we had seen for for most of this year and um, but Santana was able to come through with that one and then his next at bat the very next day he he goes yard as well and then later on in that game <laughs> it's another game winner it's uh, it's pretty incredible how, how that has uh, strung together for Santana here over the last couple of days and you know since he joined the team uh, 47 plate appearances got 11 hits uh, double three uh, three home runs six RBI he's slashing 282 404 538 with a 171 WRC plus which I mean is basically just carried over from his last month uh, with the Royals as well he um, you know he got off to a terrible start in the year, but um, really started to, to turn things on in June, and that's just continued for him. Uh, now for about six or seven weeks, uh, Carlos Santana has been one of the best uh, hitting first basemen in, in all of baseball. Uh, and so if that continues, I mean, that's huge. And, you know, I think the big thing, too, is He's been he's become such a huge part of this clubhouse already as well. Uh, the guys have talked yep. about it. JP Crawford has talked about it. Julio Rodriguez has talked about it, uh, and you can just see it on the field too. Like he just looks like he's having a lot of fun being a Seattle Mariner, uh, and and it seems like the guys just absolutely love him. They've uh, developed this little post game celebration in the infield <laughs> now that the outfield uh, one is better, but yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, like they they they're just coming together, and it's um. We're starting to see this team really uh, turn into the team that we saw last year. It's just having a lot of fun. Uh, you know, they're doing it in their own way, of course, but they're just they're having a lot of fun. They've really come together here. I don't know if it's necessarily the brawl that that you know uh, set things off, or if it was the arrival of Santana. It's probably just a culmination of things, and ultimately they're playing better baseball at the end of the day, and that's obviously going to raise spirits as well. But. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was an amazing series for the for the Mariners, um, and obviously, you know, me with my own personal ties and personal personal hatred for the Blue Jays, it was that much sweeter. Uh, especially after I had to uh, sit there at Rogers Center and watch them uh, lose two of three to the Blue Jays. Yes, the infamous picture which I sent out there on Sunday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the, Mar- uh, the Mariners are five and one against the Blue Jays since that uh, that picture was taken. Mm-hmm. Back to back years, they've uh, they've beaten the Blue Jays in the se- in the season series. Um, 
mm. which makes me happy because we both hope we both happen to know a Blue Jays fan who <laughs> takes it personally almost. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people will point to that brawl as kind of like the turning point, and it's easy to do that because it's such a landmark uh, moment. You know, it's the first mm-hmm. thing that they've done, first thing like it that they've done in 15 years, I think it is. Um, and you know, it's, it's an easy landmark and you look at what the angels have done since then versus what the Mariners have done since then that's culture right there. That's, you know, a good team build as well. Well-built roster. Mm-hmm. Those are the differences there between what the angels did, which is collapse, uh, still mm-hmm. collapse. And I believe they're 12 games under 500 now, uh, on May 26th, they were 10 games over. You guys can do the math there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think to me, the, the turning point is actually probably the Jesse Winker double against Baltimore mm. because if you remember they lost the brawl game and then they lost the next night and they looked dead they looked yeah. disinterested from being there and then they got absolutely shut down by Dean Kramer who's on a nice little run by the way uh, they got mm. absolutely shut down by him for seven innings and then in the eighth you know Julio you know the weird was it Mount Castle uh didn't oh, tag yeah, yeah. him and that whole situation and then the double that just barely cleared Hayes' glove in right field, and the Mariners go on to win 2 nothing in a game that they really didn't have any business. Robbie Ray was just absolutely dominant and filthy, and, and Diego Castillo and Paul Sewell slammed the door shut. Uh, I think that game is the turning point, and that's really you know when uh, things started. And I, I believe that was Santana's first game with the club. Might have been the second. So, mm. um, yeah, that, that to me is, is when this whole thing turned around, that Jesse Winker double. Uh, and the Robbie Ray pitching performance that had preceded it. So uh, it's it's been great. You know, 16 of 19 is no small feat. And it's funny, Ty, when we talked about this, when they were 10 games under, we were like, you know, it's they're going to have to do something like win 12 in a row or they're going to have mm-hmm. to do something like, you know, 15 of 18 or, 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 you know, 16 of 20 or something to get back into this thing. And there it is. <laughs> And they did it. So uh, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's a credit to Scott service. It's a credit to the staff. It's credit to uh, the players. Obviously the, the number one, the most credit goes to the players. Um, and it's, it's a credit to Jerry Depoto and, and his front office who, you know, kind of built this team. And again, it's not perfect. It's not exactly where we want it to be, but it's, you know, July 11th, we're a week away from the all-star break. And if the, if the season ended today, the Mariners would be in the playoffs, yeah. which would be a huge win. Yeah, so not to be overlooked here, the the Mariners now have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Blue Jays, which is, you know, it might be irrelevant, uh, but there's a non-zero chance that that could matter towards the end of the season. Again, you know, these teams were just one game apart from one another at the end of last season, and it seems like they're pretty, you know, tied close uh, here. Like, they're they're going to be neck and neck down, down, the, down the line, yes. so... Um, and then, you know, the other thing, too, is no other team in the wildcard race has separated itself. The the Rays, the Red Sox, they're all right there. So how much does all of this change things for the Mariners? We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just don't have the time to research every single amazing thing that's going to make my body feel great, and I'm sure neither do you. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your 
immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. And it only costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly as well, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry, right here in the U.S. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate your support, and we're very excited to be talking about a winning ball club finally. It was uh, it was pretty rough there when this team was uh, 10 games under 500, and uh, we were Trying to, you know, scrape together topics and not be so doom and gloom every single episode and every single segment on this show. Uh, but it got it got pretty tough at times. Um, but uh, it's it's nice that uh, things have turned around here. Uh, certain certainly helps. Maybe for you. I thought I was cheery the entire time. So. Mm, sure, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure all, everyone in the YouTube comments would certainly agree with that. Mm-hmm. That sentiment yep. as well. <laughs> Never so, wavered. So the uh, the Mariners. Uh, of course, are 45 and 42 now, which, by the way, same exact record that the 2019 Nationals had through uh, their first 87 games. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just putting that out there. Just, oh, you know, this is just this is merely information, folks, merely information. I am not making any sort of statements with that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, the Mariners are only uh, a game behind the Rays. They're only two games behind the Red Sox, I believe. Um, I might be. I might have them flipped, uh, but they uh, they are very close to the other two teams in the wild card uh, spots right now. Ahead of them, of course, they are the sole owners of the third wild card spot. Yes, they are technically tied with the Blue Jays, but they do, of course, have the head to head tiebreakers. So they are ahead of the Blue Jays technically. Uh, so now that we are six games away from the All Star break and uh, about three weeks away from the trade deadline. How much does this change things for you, Colby? Um, how much does this change things for you in terms of how you uh, foresee the Mariners approaching the trade deadline, and, and how aggressive do you think they should be? Uh, very aggressive. Um, you know, to to be kind of lazy. Uh, yeah, very aggressive. Uh, they they need to be because this team, you know, despite the the hot streak that they're on, they they do have holes that they need filled. Um, they do need starting pitching. And I know every time I say that people, what the pitching has been so good and it has been, but it's also been incredibly healthy. And we've seen, you know, Logan Gilbert start to slow down. We've seen Marco blow up at random times. We've seen Chris Mm -hmm. Flexen, uh, just lose all control and command at times. And Robbie Ray has been spectacular for the last five or six starts. But do you remember what he looked like before then? Like it's this idea that the Mariners have enough starting pitching, they should only focus on the offense is, is baloney. They need a starting pitcher, preferably a number three, somebody who is at least close to as good as Gilbert, if not a little bit better. There are a few options out there like that. Yes, it's going to be expensive. Yes, the Mariners should do it anyways. Uh, they, they need to be aggressive uh, at the deadline here uh, mm-hmm. because, and I, I think people, they look at it and say, well, you know, why are we doing all this to get into a wild card? 
uh, game. Why would we give up Noel V. Marte to get into a wild card game? Well, if you're giving up Noel V. Marte, you're doing it for somebody who's going to be around next year too. Mm. Uh, you're not trading Noel V. Marte for any of the rentals that are going to be available. Mm. Uh, and I'm just using Marte as the example. Uh, but you also need to understand that in a in this year's playoff format, you get three games guaranteed. Mm. So if you go add a, let's say, Frankie Montes, right, and maybe that costs you Noel V. Marte and, and Adam Mako and Taylor, oh, no, like, what are we going to do? Well, think about a wild card round where you're going up against, say, the Yankees, uh, or not the Yankees, where you're going up against, say, uh, the Twins, and you want to go ahead and you want to throw out there Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, and Frankie Montas in your three-game series. Don't you think your odds go up of winning yeah. that series? So yeah. uh, it's it, you got to be pretty aggressive here. To me, starting pitching is still the number one, despite how well the, the rotation's been uh, multiple times through. And obviously, George Kirby is, is going to have to kind of be well, down, yeah, and, and we're already seeing that, right? Like, they're yeah. already managing his innings. He's been sent down here for the All-Star break. He will be back after the All-Star mm-hmm. break. This isn't anything other than just managing innings. But, yeah, right. like, they, they need another starter. Because especially the, the depth behind Kirby, non-existent, really. Like, there's Tommy Malone, who would probably get the ball uh, and yep. is probably going to get the ball in Texas. Um, then Darren McCacken, Justice Sheffield, and then... Uh, you know, uh, Penn or sorry, um, <laughs> Levi Stout. I was honestly struggling on the name there. <laughs> it might be Penn Murphy over Levi Stout. <laughs> yeah, not been great this year. Taylor Dollard, maybe. Like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, it gets rough really fast. Uh, and I, I think also what this means is that uh, Seattle should be a little more aggressive on the rentals. Now, mm-hmm. that's not saying you trade Noel V. Marte for Brandon Drury, yeah. but do you maybe consider trading? Levi Stout for Brandon Drury? Maybe. Yeah, you, yeah. you might want to consider that. And so, and that's, that's a, the Mariners are probably going to make a trade or two that the casual uh, prospect, you know, follower will go, ooh, like that's, that's for yeah. two months of, of Drury for, you know, two months of, of David Robertson. That's the deals you make. You know, th- those are the deals you make yeah. when you're a legitimate playoff contender. Um, so, yeah, the Mariners should be aggressive and, and, you know, I, to me, nobody outside of my top five or so is off limits uh, when it comes to rentals. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to trade, you know, Adam Mako just to trade him. But like, if Brandon Drury, if I think Brandon Drury can hit for the rest of the year, I'm speaking as Jerry Depoto here, and the Reds say, "Well, we want Adam Mako," I'm not not going to say, "Absolutely not." You know? Yeah. Like it, it's. You have to have that conversation and you have to be pretty aggressive because right now the Mariners have holes at starting pitching. They have a big hole at second base and they could probably use another relief arm or two and preferably one that can handle high leverage situations if you ask them to. So they, they have some work to do. Yeah, I uh, I wrote a piece today on Inside the Mariners looking at some relievers. I think that is an area that they need to look at, um, especially with the uh, the injury to uh, yeah to, to Ken Giles, unfortunately. Yeah. Bummer. yeah. You want to you want to give a little preview there? Give me give me a name. That we haven't uh, talked about. So, so well, Tanner Rainey is someone that we've talked about on the Patreon uh, or on the Patreon course. show, but he he of was course. on there. Um, how Natural. about Will Crow though? You know who Will Crow Ooh, is? Yeah, he, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's uh, he is leading the league in um, weak contact right now uh, amongst all qualified uh, relievers. Just twenty one point two percent weak contact, and um, 
you know, he's walking quite a few guys, like over four guys per nine, which is rough. Uh, but the ability to generate weak contact, it's basically what you were hoping to get out of Sergio Romo. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I was looking at there with that. Uh, some, you know, a couple other names. You know, it's guys that you would expect to see on a list of relievers from me specifically. There's Chris Stratton, of course. He's on there. <laughs> of course he's on sure, there. Sure. Um, would, but yeah, uh, so, would you trade Adam Mako for Will Crow? Yes. Okay. I I think I think we're in that territory now, right? Yeah. Like, Will Crow's got a few years of of control too, uh, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, but like, let me, it like, would you trade Adam Mako for Chris Stratton? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think we're in that territory now, where guys yeah. that we really like, like the Milcar Perez and the Adam Mako and Levi Stout, you got to trade them for a middle reliever or well, like a seventh inning guy to use mm-hmm. layman's terms you got to do it like you're in that your window is now and not for nothing but this team has earned uh the right to maybe overpay a little bit for the right player Mm -hmm. in the right situation so yeah and like another thing too is like the mariners can stay hot here there's a very clear path to staying hot here because they they have according to tankathon the sixth easiest remaining schedule uh, in baseball right now. So, and really, you know, you look at, at their schedule, they have six games against the Yankees, seven against the Astros, um, three against the Braves, two against the Padres. That's it for teams that are above 500 right now. And of course there's still games against the White Sox, games against the Guardians. Uh, there's still going to be, you know, pesky teams that they are going to face. going to be pesky. Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean much that they have the sixth easiest schedule. But they're not facing the Astros 13 times down the stretch. You yeah. know, they're going to, they're largely going to be facing teams that are probably going to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're talking Detroit, we're talking Anaheim, we're talking Oakland. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's go time. You know, it's, it's, they've earned it. They deserve it. The fan mm-hmm. base deserves it. It's go time. And, and I, to me, if they have a deadline similar to last year's, I would say that is like a C plus deadline. For this year's club yeah i don't think that's an acceptable deadline for this club yeah. uh you know i i think it made sense last year because you know again mm-hmm. I, I think at the time they had a couple teams that they still had to leapfrog but right now yep. you know barring some sort of disaster over the next couple weeks you know coming out of the all-star break and everything they're probably going to be in a playoff spot or, or right there around a playoff spot and i i just i don't think that you can let that fall by the wayside here especially because you're starting to see all these pieces come together 2023 is probably going to be a pretty special year for this team right might al- might also want to try to get that jump started a little bit here right and i let's let's just say what it is scott service and the players have done their job it's time yeah. for john stanton and jerry depoto to do theirs so yeah money absolutely. shouldn't be an issue here Pro- hoarding prospects shouldn't be an issue here it's mm-hmm. go time and yeah. john stanton and jerry depoto should not stand in the way of that and i don't think they will yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's switch gears here and uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the All Star Game uh, in just a moment because uh, we uh, we have one Mariners representative, uh, but it's not the Mariners representative that I think uh, we all assumed was going to be there. Um, 
and there's still a chance that he, he might end up getting in, but we'll, we'll talk all about that in just a moment. Real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Now, you know, Colby and I have run a few card giveaways in the past, and they've always done pretty well, so I assume we have a, uh, you know, quite a few investors and casual card collectors tuning in to us right now, and we have a great new app to tell you about, the Sports Card Investor app. It is a one-stop shop for all your card collecting needs. You can check the market activity and trends for over 630,000 cards, see all the eBay listings for them, and make purchases right through the app. Now that Julio Rodriguez has been named an all-star in his first season at the Major League level, the prices of his cards have never been higher. But considering the trajectory he's on, you still might be getting a deal, quite frankly. So you can check out all the info you need on the Sports Card Investor app right now on your mobile device. It's available for free on the Google Play and Apple app stores, or you can go to sportscardinvestor.com forward slash locked on. So as I mentioned there, Julio is an all-star as a rookie and deservingly so. Uh, You know, we talked about it last week that you know, he's he's been one of the most valuable outfielders in all of baseball. Uh, he had to get in. Uh, absolutely had to get in. Uh, deserved to, to to get in, especially over the likes of, uh, you know, and I know that George Springer and Jordan Carlos Stanton did make it, but Julio deserved it more than either of those guys. He deserved it more than, you know, really the only guy that I thought outside of Mike Trout or Aaron Judge that you could make an argument with, uh, you know, against Julio was Kyle Tucker. But those guys can coexist on the same all-star yeah. roster, and they are. Uh, Byron Buxton got in, which is a little bit of a surprise. I know he's been great, obviously, but he's uh, he's struggled a little bit lately offensively, and obviously missed you know about twenty or so games with injury. Uh, but yeah, so Julio's in. Uh, we're gonna see him down in LA next week. Uh, that's a lot of fun, and I wouldn't rule out the possibility that he's in the home run derby as well. Um, I, I, he, I think uh, he was very clearly did not decline to say yeah. that he would do that. I don't know if he's been asked, but when by Major League Baseball, but when reporters Mm -hmm. asked, he said, "We'll see." So Mm -hmm. I I think he would be very interested in doing that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would be interested in him doing it, but it's Julio, so I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But unfortunately, Ty France uh, did not make the team at all. Uh, He was, uh, of course, in the final two for voting. uh, Lost the uh, starter vote to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who across the board has had a worse year than Ty France. That's not to say that Guerrero has been bad. It's been great, but just not as good as Ty France, not as good as Luis Arise, uh, but Arise uh, did make it. Uh, but uh, Miguel Cabrera, the third first baseman, making it in as a legacy vote uh, by the commissioner. And um, ultimately that allowed the, uh, you know, Dusty Baker and the AL All-Star team to uh, not add an additional first baseman aside from Arise and, and Guerrero. So France is out uh, for now. You know, we'll see how the injury to Jordan Alvarez impacts things. Um, it's possible that France could take a spot. It's also possible that J.D. Martinez could take a spot as well. So uh, there's a lot of options there, but France should be an All-Star. Colby, um does it matter though? <laughs> um, I think it matters to Ty France, so I think yeah, in that sense, it sh- it should matter to us. Um, mm-hmm. it's you know it's kind of interesting. Um, you know the way that the the reserves are picked, um, is that it's by player ballot, and then the commissioner, uh, uh the the league can also you know pick 
uh, certain players more than just the the commissioner's pick. So, uh, you know, how much Dusty Baker has to say, I don't know. I think Baker can pick the replacement. I think that's his his prerogative, uh, not the league's. So it'll probably be J.D. Martinez, which will suck, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, to me, do I care? Not really. Um, I, I like throwing shade at Astros fans for no reason yesterday, um, which is always funny to see the response. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't care. I'm not going to watch the all-star game anyways. If Julio's in the Derby, I'll probably watch it. Uh, but yeah. I don't need to see Julio take, you know, at bats against Clayton Kershaw uh, in the seventh or whatever. Like I just, I don't, all-star game's not my thing, you know, but right. it matters to Ty and Ty deserves it. So he should be yeah. going to the all-star game. And so from that aspect, it does matter to me. I don't mm. know if they're doing like the final fan vote thing. It doesn't sound like they are. No, they they uh, they got rid of that after the Segura year. Uh, so I see somebody besides the Blue Jay fans pack the polls, and all of a sudden we have a problem. Okay, yeah, yeah. I get out is so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I think he has a, a decent chance to get in still uh, because there will also be other players who drop out. Yeah, uh, uh, I believe George Springer has even hinted that there's a good chance he's not going to go. Um, and they don't need to replace Springer with an outfielder. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can replace whoever they want. So I still say there's a decent chance he goes. There's a very thin outside chance that maybe Gilbert gets in too. Uh, but it's just a shame because, you know, uh, Ty France has been undoubtedly the best first baseman in in uh, the American League this year mm-hmm. uh, from the start of the year till now. Yeah. And uh, to him, for him not to even make the team, it's just it's, it's disappointing and uh, – I understand people who are really upset about it. Uh, it's it's not me just because I'm not a huge like I don't I don't care about the All Star game that much. But uh, I, yeah. I, I know I I know Ty is assuredly uh, disappointed by it, and so for that reason I am uh, I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. He uh, he deserves it. He you know, and it, and it matters too because there's incentives that are based off of that. There's um, you know, it just looks better on your resume, of course. Uh, and you know, mm-hmm. France is uh, off to a pretty great start in his career, and those all-star appearances are going to matter for things down the line. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just uh, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, hopefully, that gets rectified as, as guys drop out, and like you said, that's going to happen. And um, that also might open the door for someone like Logan Gilbert to make it in as well uh, on the pitching side of things. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. I thought the pitching selections were weird in this uh, for, for this team in general. Like Framber Valdez, he's had a good year, don't get me wrong. Just kind of surprised he got in. Uh, surprised that Nestor Cortez got in over, you know, uh, someone like Tariq Skubal. Um Especially, you know, uh, yeah. Gregory Soto being the, the lone Tigers representative over school. Bowl. Really yeah, strange. No. Yeah. That's, that's very weird. Um, yeah. yeah. The Tigers are going to have more all-stars than, than the, the Mariners. Yeah. Great system, yeah. guys. Great system. Yeah. Yeah. And Genius. honestly, you could have you could have just left it at Miggy because I mean Miggy's at least hitting for average, you know, so like you can he's, justify it that way. But he's not an all-star. Uh, yeah, but he, I mean, you could have just left it at him being the, the Tigers representative because right. they've been garbage this year. Yeah, Major Major League Baseball needs to decide what the All-Star game is about. Yeah. Is it about honoring the players who are having the best season or is it just about getting the most recognizable names possible into one place? And I'm fine with either. I, I really am. Mm-hmm. But because, like I said, I don't care. Next year's All-Star game will be the first All-Star game I'll actually watch in like 15 years. 
and that's only because it's in Seattle. So yeah, yeah, I just I don't. It's just not for me. But uh, yeah, I just this is why I don't care about the All Star Game so much because it doesn't even feel like the selection process is remotely close to accurate. So it's not. It's not at all. It's uh, the the hordes of Blue Jays mm -hmm. players that were involved in the final vote. Lourdes Gurriel Bo making it to the final five and they out yeah. like for outfielders ridiculous. Bo Bichette is not the best shortstop in, in the American League. Like yeah. he's not, and, and and the fact that he's that close, like didn't just, he make it to the final two? Wasn't it yes. like him and Tim Anderson? Yeah, and Anderson I think barely edged him out. So, um, yeah, it's. It is what it is. Um, and also, Tim Anderson shouldn't be the starting <laughs> shortstop either. Probably like, should be Xander Bogarts. Like, yeah. Um, but no, we'll, we'll like I said, we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's it's always a good conversation to talk about snubs and and all mm. this stuff, but it's just not one that I typically enjoy having. But uh, yeah. it's, it's nice, you know, that there were multiple Mariners that we were like, yeah, they should be an All Star. Where last yeah. year and and twenty nineteen, we're like. Like, who's going to be the Mariners rep? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, they've had I mean, Daniel Vogelback, uh, Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, it's, Those have been their last two. Yeah. So, That's, uh, yeah, it, it's nice to, to be like, yeah, Julio's an all-star. Ty France is an all-star. Like, it mm -hmm. should happen, you know? And uh, I think I think next week we'll probably see Ty down there. We probably will. Probably. Um, yeah. Not the worst thing in the world if you press that elbow, though, because... yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah let's be nice and call it a slow start uh in his return but yeah hasn't hasn't been ideal uh fortunately you know guys like carlos santana and eugenio suarez picking up the mm -hmm. the slack on the uh on the power front uh but uh yeah uh it'd be nice for uh for him to shake the rust off still a little surprised that he did not go on a rehab assignment of some kind uh they just kind of threw him in there um yeah and i get it's probably because of the the blue jay series and all that but that's yeah, not really the smartest thing, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, um, so the cool thing is, uh, you know, to, to the Mariners get a much needed day off again uh, today, and uh, they'll be back at it tomorrow in Washington for a quick two game set with the Nationals. Julio is going to be serving a one game suspension uh, tomorrow, so he just it's a glorified day off for for Julio, and um, and we're uh, we're gonna see Jesse Winker back in action. Uh, the the Mariners went six and zero over the stretch without one of their best hitters, <laughs> Jesse Winker, mm -hmm. and also without Mitch Haniger, Kyle Lewis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this team is doing a lot of fun things and not even close to full strength. Uh, yeah, it's hard not to be very very excited about where this team could be potentially heading. And like you said earlier on in the show, it's now up to John Stanton and Jerry Depoto to put the final touches on this thing. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, it would be cool if they use this day off to, you know, maybe, you know, start start things a little bit here and, and get a trade out of the way. It could be a minor trade. I don't, I don't care. It could be just a reliever or something like that. I don't know. I, I like I like trades. What can I say? I, I'm very excited about uh, the next three weeks here after uh, after this amazing, amazing week for the Mariners. But that is going to do it for our show today. Um, and we're going to have a lot more fun. Uh, this week on uh, Unlocked On Mariners. We're going to be talking more draft later on this week, of course. Uh, we're going to be talking trades, uh, and we're obviously going to be talking about what's going on with the team as they uh, they wrap up the first half of the season. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. For Colby Patnode, 
I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez at C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also follow our website, Inside the Mariners, over at Inside Mariners, and you can find all that stuff in the description of this episode as well, wherever you're listening or watching it. And uh, thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on MLB prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.